Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our newborn King, our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I'm not sure why, but I always kind of look forward to if we can catch it. I'm not a Netflix or on-demand kind of guy that can go and watch anything that I want to at any point. I'm kind of old-fashioned that if it's scheduled to be on TV and I happen to see it, then that's kind of neat for me. (laughs) But when the Grinch Who Stole Christmas comes on, I, I don't mind that. It's not because of the special effects. Boys and girls, I realize it's pretty old school. I don't know, even know if it catches your attention at all. But what often catches my attention and is the fact that it's so easy to listen to, that, that rhyming scheme and, and the cleverness of, of how certain words and phrases and how they're turned just right just to, to make the story move along. And, and yet it tells, obviously, a, a very interesting story and in some ways gets to what could be called the true meaning of Christmas. But Dr. Seuss isn't the first one to have written in that type of rhyme. In fact, the beloved and age-old poem, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas," seems to have perhaps been a Dr. Seuss before Dr. Seuss. And as that poem gets recited at this time of year, again, it's interesting to to listen and to have the story be told. So in the spirit of that type of rhyming, and with all deference and certainly sincere apologies to both Dr. Seuss and to Clement Moore, who is attributed with the Twas the Night Before Christmas poem, I would present to you, Twas the Season of Advent. Twas the season of Advent, and all through the church, God's people were worshiping, awaiting Christ's birth. They gathered together to sing hymns and pray, preparing their hearts for that one special day. Whether Sunday or Wednesday or round their own table, because COVID, of course, made so many watch cable, they worshiped the Savior who was born in a manger, social distancing style to avoid any danger. This is what Christians should do, they would say, so the meaning of Christmas will not fade away. In spite of the virus, COVID-19 notwithstanding, the people of God meet the days so demanding. Oh, they still do the rest of the pre-Christmas stuff. Cookies, class parties, Christmas letters and such. Decorating, shopping, family gatherings. Are you sure? Ten, make that eleven more trips to the store. Society hums at this time every year filling many with joy and good holiday cheer. What a blessing it is to be part of this season, especially when one knows the rhyme and the reason. 
away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay, the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. It's knowing this baby that's real for God's people, even more so than going to a church with grand steeple. For, great, for Christians can be lulled into thinking salvation is simply a matter of rule or regulation. Go to church. Read the Bible. Say your prayers before bed. If you do what you're told, straight to heaven you'll be led. All good things for sure. Who can argue with this? But how does one know if one's good enough to be his? Love God above all things with heart, soul, and mind. Your neighbor as self and always be kind. Be joyful, always pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God-pleasing. Don't quench the spirit. Hold on to the good. Avoid every evil. Be as patient as you should. Do unto others as you'd have them do. Forgive others' debts just as God forgave you. All this must be done before God's people can rest. But try as they might, though they give it their best, they come up far short with what they have done. Like the last minute shoppers at the mall on the run. No wonder the Christian can get overstressed, feel guilt, shame, and sadness, get downright depressed. The demands of the season, trying to please the whole clan, not to mention please God, and serve fellow man. I just cannot do it, they say in despair. As they fall on their knees, bow their heads in deep prayer. Have mercy, O God. Grant forgiveness and grace Turn not away from me, hide not your face. Twas the season of Advent, and all through the church, God's people were worshiping their souls they did search, confessing their sins, things done left undone, bearing their hearts to Mary's dear son. John the baptizer cried, prepare you the way, make straight the paths, the Christ comes today. I baptize with water, he will with fire, he'll want your heart, your soul, your desire. Repentance and Advent go hand in hand. It's part of the season, all part of the plan. God pleads with his people to confess their sin, to let it all out so his grace can get in. And so they come in response to his call with good motives or bad or no motive at all. 
There's Tyler, there's Thomas, see Connor and Kurt, now Tanya and Tina, Ruth, Emma, and Gert. God's people together, brothers, sisters, all one, from all over the area, Frank and Muth Vassar, Bertram, form one congregation among thousands worldwide where God's word is preached and his spirit abides. It seems such a small, common, everyday thing to be in one place to pray and to sing, but common? No, this is not common at all. That God is here present for great and for small in ways that cannot by mere mortals be seen. He moves in their hearts and make their souls clean through water and word, through bread and through wine. His mercy bestows with his presence divine. But more than just grace is dispensed in this hour, there's comfort, encouragement, the spirit of power to give life direction, fulfillment, and feeling. There's friendship and fellowship through care, love, and healing. In the lesson from the prophet Isaiah 61, there's word about Messiah, Jesus, God's son. The sovereign Lord chose me to preach to the poor, bring good news to all, and point out freedom's door, to bind up the broken, comfort all who mourn, proclaim God's good favor to hearts that are torn, give a crown instead of ashes, some oil instead of grief, a garment of praise, and the hope of relief. These words speak of Christ. That much is true. But could it be also they are speaking of you? The work of Messiah is miraculous indeed, but this passage seems to focus on need. There are needs still today. People are the same. The poor are still with us, the hurting, the lame. They need hope, comfort, love to know they are free, to know someone cares, and compassion to see. Where will they find it? From a man in red suit? From gifts, trees, or lights, or a cake made of fruit? Will they find hope in the holiday season? Or will somebody show them the true rhyme and reason? Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Was the season of Advent. And all through the town, God's people were active, not slowing down. Yes, taking care of the Christmas preparation, but not losing sight of the true celebration. 
The birth of the Christ is more than a day. It's faith, hope, and love. It's a life. It's a way to show that a servant is designed by the maker to be more of a giver, not just a taker. A Christian, like Christ, puts the neighbor's needs first, serves the good and the bad, and yes, even the worst. And all this because of God's love so true, not the threat of the law. It's just what Christians do. Twas the season of Advent. Christians say with delight, Merry Christmas to all, for Christ is the light. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.